0: Songhe on the viewpoint. We welcome Mr. Naim Gina, senior researcher at MISTRA, that's the Mapungubwe Institute of Strategic Reflection. And he has previously been attached to the Afro Middle East Center. So if there's anybody we can have a conversation to what is taking place currently in the Middle East, it is him. Naim, good evening, sir. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome back to SFM. Welcome back to SFM. Good
1: evening. Thank you.
0: Now, we all know what's going on there, and perhaps before that, yes, okay, thank you very much for switching off the radio. We all know what's happening in the Israel-Gaza area, South Africa is heavily involved there, but perhaps for us to understand exactly the events of what's going on there, can we have a conversation a bit more nuanced than just that, specifically focusing on what's happening in Yemen, the history of that, what the U.S. and the U.K. involvement is what happened when, specifically going back as far as 2015, with the Houthis?
1: Hello. So, sorry, I didn't uh, get the question.
0: I'm I'm asking you perhaps to give us a historical reflection of the crisis in Yemen.
1: Okay. Um, so I, I think I mean it's important to understand where the the Houthis, as they called, uh, they refer to themselves as Ansar Allah. Um, they the origins go back to the 1990s. When they started off as a very kind of moderate, more um kind of educational uh, group. Um and then twenty eleven they supported the Yemeni uprising that we might we might all remember, uh, with the uprisings that took place in that in that whole region. Um um they were part also of the national dialogue that took place among uh, among Yemeni political actors at the time, but at the end of it rejected uh, the, the national dialogue. And as the kind of instability and chaos in Yemen continued, began to take over more and more territory. Until um, 2014, they took over the the capital of, of Yemen, and 2015, the presidential palace, and um, the president at the time, uh, Abdul Hadi left, um, and has been since then, well, since before then, supported by, by Saudi Arabia. So we have been, since 2015, controlling a big part of uh, of Yemen, uh, being bombarded um, by the Saudis, supported by the Americans uh, since then, uh, but nevertheless have more or less maintained their, their ground, in a sense. The current um, the current reason why they have become prominent, I think, is interesting. So until until October, actually, until November 2023, um, despite all of the you know what we what we saw in Yemen, the UN referred to at some points as the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. Uh Um, Despite all of that, they they never. Uh, attacked ships in the Bab el Straits, uh, going into the Red Sea. Um, that that wasn't something that they considered. They started that in November 2023, um, and um, saying that it was in support of the the Palestinian people in Gaza, and and that is the kind of crisis, if you like, that's continuing now.
0: Okay, so the involvement perhaps contextualize a bit better because it sounded like, from what you had said earlier, on it was a domestic political conflict. The U.S. and Saudi, where is their stake or the basis of the
1: involvement in this? It was it was a domestic uh, issue. Uh, the Saudis decided to support the the person who was the president at the time, uh, uh, Mansoor Abdul Hadi, and, and, and uh, in the support of him and his government against the Houthis. I mean, the Houthis were not um, elected. Uh, they had grievances and they uh, addressed their grievances, in a sense, through, through violence. Uh, the Saudis supported the uh, the government at the time, which had by then lost much credibility, mm-hmm. um, and as a result of that, began uh, the attacks against uh, not just the Houthis against, but against areas that were controlled by the Houthis, so including civilian areas, and um, the the U.S. involvement uh, was the U.S. support for the Saudis, both diplomatically, uh, politically, as well as militarily, the provision of uh, of weapons to the Saudis for that bombing campaign.
0: Here's what I'm really trying to establish here. The, the, the Saudis are not particularly... Are not
1: particular.
0: Sorry, can we get this feedback sorted out? I don't know what the issue is, but I'm getting feedback in my ear. Um, it's playing out on air. I beg your pardon for that. Please sort it out. Saudis are not known to engage in beyond their border, beyond their border conflict. conflict. Um, Naim, can we sort that, this out,
1: please? That is that is not entirely true. I mean, <laughs> um, militarily, uh, not so much, but uh, they are involved in various countries in the region, including in Africa, in various in various ways. Uh, uh, their theological influence. The political influence. I mean, Lebanon is a good example.
0: No, I can accept Uh, that. I I really was engaging in the military context because, I mean, everybody's interest is to exert some form of influence in in another region for whatever reasons that that sponsoring nation wants so-called influence. But with military interventions of the kind we have seen in Yemen, that hasn't become... And if I'm wrong, perhaps do please correct me. It hasn't been a template that we have seen readily deployed by Saudi Arabia. The case. The same cannot be said, of course, for the UK and the US.
1: Yeah. No. No. You. You correct. Uh, what. What we saw. The Saudi military involvement in Yemen is not uh, a usual thing for Saudi Arabia to do.
0: And, and and that is what I'm trying to engage here. What has been the game changer in this context, for instance? For instance, we, we've seen what's been happening in Israel and Gaza for as long as I've been alive. We've seen things happen in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, and Saudi Arabia hasn't taken the posture that it has with Yemen. What is that critical definitive point that changed the cause?
1: Well, the the big uh, the big difference is that Yemen is right on its border, and the way that the Saudis understood it, um, correctly or incorrectly, I think partly correctly, not totally correctly, mm-hmm. is that uh, that the Houthis were serving the objectives of the Iranians, and for uh, for Saudi Arabia, the Iranians are. Um, you know, big rivals in the region. Now, of course, the the rivalry extends also to Lebanon, but that doesn't mean that Saudi Arabia is bombing Lebanon. Mm. Uh, But Mm. Yemen is on the border, which means that uh, if the Houthis take over Yemen completely and um, without any uh, competition, they, uh, from the Saudi perspective, they believe that that would give the Iranians a base on their border. Um, And so they they wanted to, in a sense, and yes, so they wanted to kind of nip it in the bud. Um, and they also I, they, they also believed, and really incorrectly, that uh, the Houthis would be easy to destroy. I mean, Mohammed bin Salman at the time said that this will be over in three months.
0: Anything um,
1: It's lasted years.
0: Eight years, yeah. Let, let's yeah. talk now the U.S. and, and, and the U.K., it wouldn't be because they feel that Yemen needs human rights and that the Houthis need to be displaced and the rule of law to be established. I wouldn't buy if that was their argument. From your understanding of the situation and the issues within the issue, what perhaps then would have been their basis for entry? So we're talking about now, right? Correct, now.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, to, to be crude about it, uh, the US and the UK's interest is to protect capitalism. Um, the Houthi attacks against so the Houthi attacks against ships were essentially ships that were going to Israel or coming from Israel, um, and they made it clear that this was their agenda. They wanted a ceasefire in Gaza, and if there was a ceasefire, they would stop. Uh, none of the attacks against any of the ships resulted in any uh, in any deaths, and none of the ships were directly linked either to the U.S. or the U.K um so why would both of these uh, countries uh, uh, intervene in the way they they did i mean it's it's clear from their own statements that their interest is more the 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 number of uh, shipping containers that can pass through at the lowest possible cost, rather than from the from the sure. Houthi perspective, rather than the lives of 25,000 civilians in in Gaza, uh, and so that's what they're protecting. They, they don't they're not interested in Yemeni human rights or elections or anything. They're protecting the shipping lanes for capitalism to thrive
0: cheaply. Sure. No, that's and, and, and I needed to hear that because it is probably the, the most plausible of the explanations. The region in all of this is that much more destabilized. Now you've got what's happening in Gaza and Israel, and it's gripped the international community, albeit before the ICJ. But on the ground there is fervor and there's precipitation of emotions across the world, Israel, Gaza. Now you've got what's happening in Yemen. Saudi Arabia has been drawn in for the reasons that you have stated and perhaps others we might not be aware of. The U.K. does what the U.S. does, and the U.S. literally just goes in and protects its money, as it has been doing, particularly in that part of the world. How does this create greater tensions in the region? Because it's only a matter of time, for instance, before Iran gets involved, possibly Lebanon gets involved. And again, the Middle East is the ground for conflict. So,
1: two two things. One one a quick point that uh, let's also remember that one of the the states that's most affected by uh, by the shipping uh, crisis in the Red Sea is China. China is not sending troops and not bombing Yemen, etc. So, there's also choices that that states make. US and UK have made uh, a particular choice. The U.S., from the 7th of October, you remember that they moved in two uh, aircraft carrier groups into the Mediterranean, and they said that the reason was that they wanted to prevent a regional war from taking place. What they're now doing is actually speeding up the possibility of that happening, if they continue the bombing of, uh, of, of, of the Yemeni uh, people and, uh, and, and the Yemenis take a stronger line, there's a the possibility that others, Hezbollah in Lebanon uh, would be the most obvious, would get involved. There'd be the possibility of greater and more attacks against American interests in Iraq, as already have been taking place. And so they are actually worsening or heightening the possibility of, uh, of a regional conflagration, rather than lessening it
0: yeah well let's leave it yeah, well. there thank you let's so much the you've there. certainly you. given us insights there mr Naim i senior researcher at mistra that's the Mapungubwe institute for strategic reflection and i suppose when i watch al jazeera again because that's all i watch that i trust and believe to be most accurate on what is happening in the middle east certainly over cnn and bbc and sky news and the like you perhaps too might be that much more edified in understanding what is going on in the Middle East. Thank you so much to all of you who participated in this show, both the guest, the takeover guest, and those of you at home who sent messages and even gave calls. The time is now for news. Greg Chos.